on Twitter at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Hello, everybody. It is good to be back here at Rampo College, WRPR 90.3 FM. Uh, we were on a little bit of a hiatus, uh, but we are now back, or I am now back. Um, you're going to be not hearing a, uh, a familiar voice in here. Andy, um, he obviously, I'm a teacher, so I am off in the summertime, but he is not. So he will not be with me during these summer hours, unfortunately. Um, he may be checking in here and there. I would love to um, talk with him when uh, the UFC bouts are coming up. Again, maybe he can do a call in or... I, I told him he can uh, pre-record or, or, you know, whatever. So it's just me. It's just Danielle. It's just Danielle rocking with you guys for the next hour. I have to be out of here very short after 2 o'clock, so I promise I won't keep you too, too long. Um, and uh, that's it. So Andy is going to be absent for a little while, and then once uh, the school year starts back up September, we'll see what we can do here. So um, where do we leave off? I don't even remember the last time we left off here. Um, but since then... Uh, if you guys have been keeping up on my YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash, I think it's at just uh, Coach McCartan. Let me check that, double check that so you guys can go and find it. Uh, youtube.com slash uh, Danielle McCartan, I think it is. So anyway, but I've uh, I've gone on a tear this summer. Uh, it's been really, really, really productive. Interviewed everybody from looking here, I think one month ago. No, I think before that. Um, Jesse James Decker. Tino Martinez, Joe Namath, Eli Apple, Giants, a lot of Giants. I actually did a one-on-one -on -one session with Boomer Esiason, uh, former Jets and Bengals quarterback. I uh, actually had gone to, he does um, CBS radio in the mornings, the morning show, Boomer and Carton show. And I actually went to the studio and recorded it with him in the studio. I sat in Carton's chair. I, I made a joke. I'm going to rename it the Boomer and Mick Carton show. And, um, he was great. Um, that was uh, in reference to uh, the Boomer Science Foundation, which raises money for cystic fibrosis, uh, has just accepted a million-dollar grant from um, the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. So that's going to train uh, nurses and, and that and this and that. We talked for uh, 23 minutes and 39 seconds. So that was pretty cool. Boomer, um, he was my first football jersey ever. And to be sitting there talking to him next to him, having his voice in my earphones when we took a call. I mean, that that was that was really cool. Um, uh, who else? Mookie Wilson, old Met. I shouldn't say old. I should say former. Former Met, Mookie Wilson. Uh, Devin, Jason McCourty, the captains, their respective captains of their teams, Patriots, Titans. Uh, I had a Redskin, Ken, uh, Kendall Reyes. I had a Charger, my classmate uh, from Dumont High School and Middle Honus Middle School, Sean Lismore. Um, Anthony Fasano, Chiefs, Muhammad Wilkerson, Jets, a lot of Giants, Sparky Lyle, former Yankee. So I do not discriminate on any of these teams. I do not turn anything down. And I think that's the mentality you have to have in order to get ahead. And I, I mean, I'm talking, I'm doing a lot of research, a lot of production. It takes a lot of time, but you know what? It's a fun thing. I really do enjoy doing it. Um, and I got this new thing. I came up with this, uh, n a new shtick. My new shtick is this. I'm having the players complete the lyric. And they're not getting prepped at all. I just come up with some songs I do based on my research, what I think they would like. And I, I play it for them, and I just stop it. 
and see if they can complete the lyric or not. I'm putting in some fun game show X's and A's and bells and things like that. So I actually enjoy that, and I think that the players actually enjoy it too. Um, I'm two for two. I asked Jonathan Hankins from the Giants, his starting defensive lineman. He did it. And I asked Anthony Fasano. Um, it was an Italian event that we had gone to, and he did some Italian songs too. So I, I guess I could play those for you guys today. Um, and where else did we leave off? Guess what? I'm on iTunes now. I have my own iTunes RSS feed. So if you go into the iTunes store, yeah, not the app store, the iTunes store, you go in and you type in on top right where it says search, you type Coach McCartan, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, you, ha- you will have access to every interview I've ever done, audio, the audio stream of them. And uh, there's about 42 up there. Uh, you can uh, subscribe so you don't miss anything. As soon as I upload it, it's going to go on there. All of these shows, 60-minute overtime shows, are going to go onto that stream. So you can uh, download them, take them with you, watch them in the car, listen to them in the car while you're working out, whatever. So uh, iTunes, that's uh, the biggest podcast provider, the biggest music media conglomerate there is. And I'm on there. And I think that's pretty cool. I uh, got a lot to do today in uh, now 55 minutes. Uh, we got a little bit of Jets news, uh, Tom Brady news, of course. That's breaking this morning. We'll talk about that. Mohamed Wilkerson, the NBA players are getting paid, paid money, NBA players. And the NFL players are jealous. Uh, also, the All-Star game last night, MLB All-Star game, if you watched. If you didn't, I'll do a quick recap. Some Yankees news and some Mets news, and that should bring us down... Uh, down to 2 o'clock. Um, out of the 42 or so athletes that I have actually had the pleasure, the honor of interviewing, listen, I don't pay these guys either. They just do it, you know, on their own time. I've only been turned down once. And uh, the one athlete that did turn me down, no sweat off my back, really, anybody's back, was Plaxico Burris. You know, the guy that shot himself in the leg. Yeah, him. He turned me down. Who cares, really? Um, and that's it. And that's the only time I've been turned down. <laughs> and I think that's a pretty incredible little streak I got going on. But I, of course, do not want to jinx that. No way do I want to jinx that. Um, and I just um, just want to say this before we actually get started here today. It's been uh, eight months, almost exactly, to the day. Um, I want to just give a thanks to everyone that's been helping me out obviously I don't get paid to do this and I don't pay anybody because I don't get paid so it's like a you know relying on the the help and uh, of others and I just want to just there's a couple people that I just want to give a thanks to special thanks um and thanks to the kindness of strangers in a digital and uh real life world is just it's just amazing what these people do for you um, so on their own time, uh, Emmy-winning sportscaster Douglas Sells out in uh, Cleveland. He's been a great little mentor to me, uh, giving me tips, you know, here and there. He always asks, though. He, he said, you know, you want a tip? I say, Doug, you are a Emmy-winning broadcaster. I will not turn down any help uh, that you can give me. So there's Douglas Sells. There's uh, Luis Tirado Jr. He's my editor over at the Jet Press. I'm still writing over there at the Jet Press. You guys can uh, check that out. I think I got something dropping. Might be today or tomorrow. Um, put together a slideshow of all my interviews with a, a bunch of the Jets players, and I did ask them uh, about the strength of schedule. And the Jets' strength of schedule is very tough this year. And um, and you know you guys can read the article 
there. It's either going to come out tonight or tomorrow, I think. Um, Scott Reinen, owner of the Bronx Pinstripes blog, um, Yes Network affiliate. Um, we're going places with that for sure. Uh, Randy Zelia, owner of Back Sports Page uh, and a former classmate of mine here at Rampo. Uh, let me see. Chris Mascaro and Bob Lazari, hosts of Thursday Night Tailgate. Um, those guys have been awesome. I've been on their show, and they are they are uh, two good guys. They have a Thursday Night Tailgate podcast. If you Google it, um, all former players. Every week they have a former player on there, so that's cool. Um, and they always retweet my, my work on here, so thanks, guys, for that. Um, SNY, uh, that's a network up here in New Jersey, New York uh, area. SNY's Chris Carlin. Uh, you guys heard him on here with me. He did. We did a show of um, Beer Money. He used to host a show called Beer Money, and uh, we did a round here. And I did win. Finally, I did win that. Uh, sports agent Pat Capra. Uh, he's gotten us into a lot of events here. Pat Capra and Lunar Sports Group. He's uh, an agent to uh, many players in this area. A lot of the Rutgers guys, a lot of the New Jersey guys. And uh, it was just that event with him on Sunday. We can talk about that. Um, Joe Quagliano. That's how you say it in Italian, Joe. Joe Q. He's the owner of Mint Pros. Um, I did an event with him, Mookie Wilson, uh, coming up. I got some more stuff with him. The 29th of July, we're doing a Yankee Stadium tour with a former Yankee or two that's going to be leading the tour. Uh, hopefully, I can get some interview, a quick interview with whoever it is, the mystery guest. Uh, that'll be July 29th. So if you want to, uh, you think that's something you'd be interested in doing, you can go over to, to mintpros.com and, and register. He's got a lot of other stuff on there, too, and I w- will be doing a lot of work with him. I don't know if I should let the cat out of the bag yet. However, I will hint that Joe Q, Joe Quagliano, has asked me to, um, I guess, uh, sit at or work a a booth at the National Italian American Foundation's um, national conference they have in Washington, D.C. And I'm going to be working a booth for Squadra Italia, which is a team in Italy, obviously for um, the World Baseball Classic. So if you guys got any ideas, I want to make it sort of interactive. Um, maybe some guest appearances from some players from the team Italy. Uh, who knows? But, you know, that's still in the works. That'll be for October, up to third week in October, I believe. Um, Rolf Luberoff, owner of Enhanced Events. Uh, we have huge things coming up. And I, I just uh, thank you for all the op- opportunities, the retweets, the shares, the subscriptions. And we're going all the way up, as Drake would say. Uh, that's Fat Joe, actually. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Uh, also, oh, yeah, Sean Lissamore, now on the Chargers, letting me crash his camp in our hometown. Mark Rusinoff, Somerset Patriots, got me in uh, the press box for a little bit for at the Somerset Patriots. I've, I interviewed um, um, Sparky Lyle. He was great. He gave me 22 minutes and 22 seconds of his time. Um and, and it's just, you know, it's just been one thing after another. And it's just eight months of just grinding. And you know what? It's been paying off in, in big dividends. And you never know what can happen next and, and what will be around the next corner. Um, so that being said, I think I caught you guys all up without what I'm doing. I would love to hear with what you guys are doing. Uh, if you want to give, uh, give me a call, it's 201-825-1234. Okay, so Jets news. Uh, breaking this morning. I, I'm going to file this under Jets news because it, it somewhat is Jets news. Uh, Tom Brady. The appeals court denies Tom Brady his um, his appeal. 
he will serve his four-game suspension. Now, as a Jet fan, it's sort of bittersweet. It's good to see Tom Brady have to do the time for for his punishment. Um, he what happened was back in now we're talking January, January of 2015. Tom Brady deflated footballs knowingly, deflated footballs, allegedly knowingly de- deflated the footballs in a champion uh, AFC Championship game. Um, he tried defending it, saying it was a rainy out and it's allowed to do. They are allowed to deflate them and inflate them within a certain amount of PSI, pounds per square inch. Uh, Apparently, Brady exceeded that. Now, I would like to see a rule change in the NFL. Apparently, before the game, they have Patriots balls and Jets balls that you can doctor and and do whatever you want to them, for example, prior to the game. And then once they're on your own sideline, you can do whatever you want, and they're never really checked again. That definitely should be a rule change, if not already within the NFL for that. For sure, but back to Tom Brady, the only chance he has left um, to appeal again this uh, appeals court decision will be to take it to the United States Supreme Court. Now, listen, if he does that, he really is a piece of garbage because Tom Brady. You need to understand that there's a lot of other things going on in this country, namely uh, race relations in this country. If you think your deflated balls and your four-game suspension is more important than any of that. You need to you need to get a grip, buddy. So he will be serving his four game suspension as of today, as of right now, uh, which doesn't really help the Jets at all uh, directly. Indirectly, it could, um, but it doesn't really help them directly because for some reason they have the the Patriots scheduled at the end of the season. They play them almost back to back at the end of the season, almost like the NFL was anticipating. A Tom Brady suspension. So instead of giving the Jets the Patriots within the first four weeks, mm-hmm, four weeks of the, se- of the season, they instead put them on the back end of the season, and the Jets are going to have to have a showdown with Tom Brady, I think twice in four weeks, I think it is. I'm not looking at it, but that's what I believe, which I think is just unfair. So it, it doesn't directly affect the Jets, but it indirectly affects the Jets in the sense that in the AFC East, obviously the teams in the AFC East are the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Bills, and the Jets. So there's four teams there. Uh, What I find funny is that the Patriots will be playing the Dolphins and the Bills within those four games, first four games of the season. So um, with that being said, they have Jimmy Garoppolo going to be taking over as quarterback uh, in the the interim with Tom Brady crying on the sidelines. Who cares? And hopefully that the, uh, I'd hate to do it, but I want to root for the Bills, I want to root for Rex Ryan, and I want to root for the Dolphins to beat the Patriots. So it knocks them down a couple pegs, and then everybody else can jump on them, jump on AFC. So in that sense, if they can pull that out, I think the AFC East is going to be um, up for grabs in, in, in a sense. Uh, we ran a poll on Twitter uh, out of all the uh, responses, uh, Four responses. Jets will miss the playoffs. Jets will lose in the playoffs. Jets will win the AFC East. And Jets will win the Super Bowl. 11% of people out there think the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl this year. With no quarterback locked up. And Muhammad Wilkerson is a huge question mark. I don't know what these people are thinking. These 11% of these people are thinking in terms of the Jets winning a Super Bowl. I'm not really sure. 
But there was about 33% of the people actually thought that the Jets are going to win the AFC East. That is a little more believable, especially if uh, if uh, the Dolphins and the Bills could, like I said, jump on the Patriots in the first week. Um, and, I, and I thought of this on the way in, too. You know, I was listening to Kim Jones and uh, I forget the other guy's name on uh, WFAN on the way up. And she's trying to make it into an abuse of power that, that Roger Goodell is using his power over others in order to to stick to his guns, in, in a sense, and, and punish Tom Brady from the outset. Um, I hate to tell you this, but the NFL Players Association negotiated that. They negotiated the fact that Commissioner Goodell has the right to punish players directly. So all these NFL players are throwing their hands up and saying this isn't fair. You negotiated it. Your negotiations team negotiated that right for Roger Goodell to do that. And unfortunately, it backfired. It's been backfiring. So instead of taking to social media, these guys are complaining, maybe you should go back to your union leaders and have them negotiate on your behalf. It's just an idea. I mean, that's just a, a silly idea from a, a silly NJEA member. I mean, really? Um, so that was the, the breaking news this morning. Um, as I mentioned, as I alluded to, Muhammad Wilkerson, Jets defensive end, he is um, has been the best. I'm going to say the best defensive player on the Jets for you know a, a long time, playing under his rookie contract. So in essence... It all boils down to money. He's making, like, no money, this guy. So he, his contract is, is up. The Jets, and the, and he's set to become a free agent and cash in big time. I mean, he's owed millions and millions of dollars based on, you know, when you, you sell a house, you look at what's the comps, the comps in the area. And he's got some comps guys at his positions that have been making bank, making lots of money. And, in fact, he's got better stats than they, than they do. Good for him, right? I mean, he's a New Jersey guy. He's from Linden, New Jersey. But bad for the Jets because apparently the Jets have no money. They're, they're crying foul that the Jets don't have any money to pay him. They can't pay him. They can't pay Fitzpatrick, their quarterback, or don't want to pay him. The Jets are getting a, a bad rap around uh, around the NFL as, as tough negotiators, hard-to-work-with negotiators. Um, and, and Muhammad Wilkinson's kind of caught in the middle of it, and Jets fans are caught in the middle of it. Um, so what's today? Today's Wednesday, July thir- 13th. Now what happened is the Jets slapped him with a franchise tag. What does that mean? Well, that real that means that you know under the franchise ta- tag, he has he he has two options right now. Either he can play under the franchise tag with the Jets for one more season, he'll make 16.3 million. I think I'm not looking at it, but I th- I think it's around 16.3 million for one season. After this season's up, he becomes an unrestricted free agent and he can go anywhere to any team. And really cash in then. Or he can leave now. He hasn't signed it. You know, it's a contract. He hasn't signed it yet. He hasn't signed the franchise tender yet. Or he can walk now and test the waters now and leave the Jets totally out in the cold. Um, So he has until Friday, Friday the 15th, to decide. It's reported that the Jets will make one more last-ditch effort to him, uh, offer to him. Um, it wasn't really this guy, Mike McCagnin, his name is, the general manager of the Jets. It wasn't his call. Uh, this this was messed up a couple of years ago 
under former general manager John Idzik. Um, he messed this deal up big time, and now I think McCagnan's trying to, you know, um, pick up the pieces a little bit. But uh, Jeff fans, I, I do want to hear from you. 201-825-1234. Um, the option for Jet fans, and this this is interesting. I took notes. I, I want to hear what you guys think about this. Now, like I said, Jets don't have a quarterback currently. Well, you know, they don't have their returning quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, nor do they have their returning defensive end, Muhammad Wilkerson. Okay, so the question for you, Jet fans, is going to be, do you want Geno Smith at quarterback with Muhammad Wilkerson back? Or do you want just Ryan Fitzpatrick and let Muhammad Wilkerson go? That's a tough question. I'd like to hear from you guys if anybody's listening out there. Gino and Mo, or just Fitz? And I'm making this assumption that the Jets can only pay one of them. Who would you rather? Gino Smith, who the Jets elected to sit in a game where Ryan Fitzpatrick only had nine fingers. He broke his finger. He was playing over a ten-fingered Gino Smith. So do you select Gino and Mohamed Wilkerson, pay them both? Just Ryan Fitzpatrick. What do you do? I don't think Muhammad Wilkerson is the bad party in this. I'll be honest with you. This whole this whole thing because I talked to him and I'll play the interview in a couple minutes. I talked to him this week, uh, within seven days ago, and uh, I asked him if he wanted to retire a Jet. He said, "Yeah." So that's a long term. He's thinking long term. He got drafted by the Jets. He's from New Jersey and he wants to retire a Jet. So why can't they get it done? All right, 201-825-1234. Here's Muhammad Wilkerson. Daniel McCartan here at Drew University. To my left is New York Jets defensive end, the most versatile defensive player, Muhammad Wilkerson. Um, this is your namesake camp. What has the turnout been? And you were just working with the kids in the gym. How was that? Uh, it was great. Um, and the turnout for this camp been uh, great the past couple of years. Um, I've enjoyed coming back you know, each and every year. I believe this is like my third, fourth year doing it. And, uh, you know, just interacting with the kids, trying to, you know, teach them things that I've learned, you know, throughout my career, you know, hopefully that they learn, you know, many other things and, and take those, you know, things that they learn from the camp and go to their high schools or where, wherever they you know, may be and uh, keep learning, you know, and keep, uh, you know, practicing on the things that they learn from the camp. And they go back to their high schools and they say, Mom Wilkerson taught me that. How uh, cool is that? It's great, you know, that's a great feeling, and, um, you know, but um, I'm all about, you know, giving back and helping out the youth and, you know, want to be a role model for these kids to, you know, to better themselves on and off the field. So what does a superstar like you take away from a camp like this? Um, I, to me, it's, it's like mind-blowing. I never, you know, got to do any camps like that growing up. So for me to be here, you know, and, and give these, you know, these kids, you know, some advice about, you know, certain things, playing the position and about football, in this life in general, you know, uh, you know, I'm happy for it. With the 30th pick in the 2011 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Muhammad Wilkerson. Defensive tackle, Temple. Yeah, Temple. He, he's, a, he's a motor guy, defensive tackle. That was, you saw a view of him. Fitting that we say this during the NFL Draft. He was live in Roselle, New Jersey. It's a name that might interesting player at Temple, live in Roselle, New Jersey. Muhammad Wilkerson Jets, 
Again, more pressure up front. You could make an argument this is the best pick. 2011 draft, 30th pick, the New York Jets select Jersey boy Muhammad Wilkerson. Can you take me back to draft day? Um, yeah, it was very, uh, you know, nerve-wracking. Um, <laughs> you know, it kind of got later in the rounds, and uh, I wound up doing, like, a little uh, private thing with some family and friends. I didn't get invited to the to the, uh, you know, Music City Hall or whatever, mm -hmm. but... Um, I mean, once it started getting late, I was about to tell them to turn off the cameras, but I had got a call, and it was like a, a local number. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought it was one of my friends or something. <laughs> but I picked up, and uh, it was Rex and uh, Mike Tannenbaum, and, you know, they told me they was going to pick me. So, um, you know, it was just a dream come true. Were you a Jet fan growing up? <laughs> um, Giant fan. I wasn't, I wasn't a Jet fan <laughs> growing up, no, but I am now, of course. Of course. So, you know, the longevity, do you see yourself retiring as a Jet? Um, I know there's stuff going on with that, but I do. I hope so, yeah. You know, I, I would want to be. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Madden NFL has a rating of for you for nine, uh, 96. I know you play Madden. What do you think? Is that a fair rating? I think it's a fair rating. I got a, um, somebody sent me some things over, like, through social media showing that I had, like, a 98 too with some special card or something. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> I have no complaints with the ratings on that. <laughs> <laughs> Key to success is consistency. Do you preach that to the kids here at the camp? Definitely, yeah. That's why I tell them, you know, everything that they learn, you know, if they stay consistent and keep working at it, you know, uh, it become, you know, uh, natural to them and they, you know, can go on to be, you know, special players. So that was uh, my interview with Muhammad Wilkerson. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on with him. Uh, you know, a little awkward when I asked if uh, he wanted to retire a jet, but you know what? He didn't answer the question. So there's that. Um, I just put a tweet out there. Jets Nation, would you rather, uh, provided that you can only pay one, would you rather Gino and Mo or Fitzpatrick and no Mo? Okay, so hit me back, 201-825-1234 on that. And what do you think, Jeff fans? I'll tell you what I think. Although I hate to say it, I'd rather have Geno Smith and Mohamed Wilkerson than Fitzpatrick. Uh, by no means am I a Geno Smith fan. Uh, I've said it on here. I've gone to, I was at the draft when he was drafted. Booed him when he was drafted. Not him, but the fact that the Jets drafted yet another quarterback. Every year, the Jets seem to have a quarterback issue. They've got too many of them. They don't have enough of them. They got bad ones. They have rookie ones that don't know how to, this year, Christian Hackenberg doesn't know how to put his feet. He doesn't have the correct footwork entering the NFL. I mean, come on. And we've talked about that on here. Um, but, uh, you know, I've never been a Geno Smith fan. Um, I, th I think he's uh, I think he's lazy. Um, people uh, give me a hard time on Twitter. I think Geno Smith is, is lazy. Every time they show him on the sidelines, he's got his hands in his shoulder pads. He's not. He does not have his, his, his nose in the playbook. If someone if someone ousted you out of your job in whatever profession that you do, wouldn't you make sure you did everything you possibly could in order to get it back? And yet they cut to Geno Smith every single time on the sidelines. He's got his hands in his shoulder pads. He's just you know watching the game with with the, the headset on, just watching. And then Fitzpatrick gets hurt. He gets put into a game. Turns the ball over. I mean, it was like he was completely and utterly overmatched. He wasn't ready. Then, to me, that was his shot. And I think he ruined it. So I think the Jets are going to keep him one more year on his rookie contract and then let him go. And then they have 
Bryce Petty in. Uh, they have Bryce Petty and they have Christian Hackenberg on their on their roster. Right now, the Jets have three quarterbacks. Fitzpatrick would make four. So, in my opinion, I think what you do is you keep Geno. Unfortunately, you keep Geno. You believe in the cast of characters that he has around him. I mean, you have Eric Decker. You have Brandon Marshall that broke the Jets' um, receiving many, many records last year, including touchdowns. That was held for 30 years, I think it was, or 20 years. So you have Marshall. You have Decker. You have a new signing running back in Matt Forte. Um, you have Nick Mangold back in the in, in, under. You know he's the center. So I think you trust a little bit in, in in the cast of characters around him that he can't mess it up that bad. But who knows? But I, I my vote is uh, Gino and Mo, and uh, Fitzpatrick. You know he, he I don't know, I don't know. I think he's unnecessarily playing hardball with the Jets for sure. And I think the longer it goes, the more people like me who loved him really don't really care about him anymore all right so that's that's what i think on that um the phone hasn't rang so uh let's go uh let's go with this jonathan hankins from new york giants you're listening to 60 minutes overtime on 90.3 fm all right so the nba nba players are getting paid paid money um it's a NBA free agency period. I have a list of every completed NBA uh, signing in the offseason here. Um, the big ones are Kevin Durant, two-year deal, $55 million with the Golden State Warriors. He's gotten a lot of slack for that in the way that he did it. The Warriors, as you know, made it to the finals, uh, were, were beat by the Cavaliers, uh, but Kevin Durant, you know, left in a hurry, and he went to go join the Warriors. And I guess in a quest to win a championship, who knows? But I can tell you, I'll tell you right now, the way the NF- the NBA works is that I believe the N- NBA is fixed. I'll go out there and say it. I do think so. Uh, so next year in the finals, you're going to see the Golden State Warriors, and you're going to see either the Cavaliers with LeBron again or the Bulls. Because Dwayne Wade just signed a two-year deal worth $48 million with the Chicago Bulls. That's what I think. Those are going to be the three teams. Um, obviously, two play in a championship. But those are going to be the three teams that you're going to get to pick from for sure. A um, couple other guys. Just list, Just who cares about the name, but pay attention to the number. This guy, Nicholas Batum. Five years, $120 million with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, let me see if I can find some Knicks. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Joaquin Noah. Four years, seventy-two million with the Knicks. Courtney Lee, four years, fifty million with the Knicks. And if I'm not mistaken, these might be all guaranteed money. Trevor Booker, who is he? Two years, twenty million with the Nets. Uh, Justin Hamilton, two years, six million. Well, that's that's a that's cheap. Um, but this has caused a little bit of an uproar. All this money. In, in the NBA and NBA players getting paid. Looking up the salaries, as I just told you, NFL players are saying, well, why not us? Why can't we make that money? Why can't we make that money? Again, it goes back to negotiations because it goes back to, mm-hmm. you know, contracts, although you could be making, you know, $240 million, you're not guaranteed all that money. So the NFL players are, are, are complaining that they're not guaranteed all the money that the NBA players are getting. 
Well, that's negotiated, first of all. That's that's going back to the negotiation team in the union, number one. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to really figure this out. The NBA, there are 14 guys on an NBA roster. 53 on an NFL roster. So if you do the math, if you're a business owner, like a team, you have to pay 14 employees or you have to pay 53 employees. Obviously, the one with the 14 employees is going to make more money per individual than the team, you know, the, the company with 53 employees. It's just the way it works. And there's a salary cap in bold. It's not like you can keep, like in baseball, baseball, there's no salary cap. So you can just keep paying and paying and paying these guys. And that's gotten out of hand too. But if you have a million dollars to divide among, let's, let's put this in, in mathematical terms. If you have a million dollars and you have to pay 14 people, and you have a million dollars and you have to pay 53 people, obviously the 14-man roster of the NBA is going to make more money than a 53-man roster on the NFL. It's not rocket science. It's basic math. So these NFL players are, are, are posting on Twitter that they're going to start uh, that they're going to start practicing their jump shots and their foul shots. Good go. Geno Smith is actually one of them. He posted online, uh, not in regards to this, but earlier, that he can make a basketball shot from, like, ridiculous far away. Good. Go play basketball. Go ahead. Save us the strife here in New York. Um, so that's that. That's that's my two cents on that. I think, um, I don't know, I think it's uh, a little ridiculous. Because, it all, in my opinion, it all goes back onto the fans, especially in baseball. Where there's no cap. Well, where else are they getting the money from? Six hundred dollars to sit in a legend seat, single game. You know, seven dollars for a water at Yankee Stadium. Fifteen dollars for chicken sliders. I mean, that's where that's that's where they're garnering the money from. There's only so much money to go around, so they pass it on to the fan. And that's not fair. And I, I don't think that's fair. I think that's being taken advantage of the fans. This is Tino Martinez, the World Series champion for 60-minute overtime. Transitioning now into Yankees uh, baseball. First of all, the, the baseball, the Yankees and the Mets are on a little bit of a, a break. It's called the All-Star break, and every team has off. So the All-Star break uh, runs a couple days. It's a big fanfare. It's in the middle of the season. It's the halfway point. So we've gone halfway. We still have halfway to go. Um, the All-Star Game was last night in San Diego, sunny San Diego. Um, it ended with uh, a score of 4-2. to two. The American League beat the National League. What does that mean? Well, that means, um, well, really, who cares? But it does mean something uh, in the sense that the winning team, the American League, will get home field advantage in the seventh game of the World Series should it come down to the seventh game. Which is huge. If it's a seventh game, you do want home field advantage. But I do not believe it should be decided upon who wins an all-star game. These guys are going half speed. Um, there's no continuity within within the positions. They're changing pitchers every inning. Uh, some players didn't even get in. So Bartolo Colon did not get in. 
Like another uh, Yuri's familia of the Mets did not get in the pitch. So if you're an all-star and you didn't get to play, how is that even? But leading up to the all-star game, they obviously have the celebrities, uh, celebrity uh, softball tournament. They also have what's called a futures game where they have like the best prospects of every team come and play. Uh, and they also have, if anybody watched, the Home Run Derby. Which is, in my opinion, the uh, the MLB is watching that to see which guys they could uh, test for steroids. And I think Giancarlo Stanton is at the top of that list. He uh, he was the winner this year. He broke a home run derby record in, in different rounds. It's tournament style, but in the different rounds, I believe he hit 61 home runs. 61 home runs. He put on a show. Uh, his longest was 497 feet. There were two of them that went that far. That's ridiculous. They were going into like the top deck, the top, the highest deck possible in that stadium. That's where he was hitting those balls. So, uh, John Carlos Stanton, you better watch out. <laughs> They're gonna steroid test you. Um, and and the home run derby, uh, you just had the little intro from Tino Martinez. He was the '97 home run derby champion. Um, I think that's cool to watch. Uh, Len Berman laid off his back, 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 back call. I think that's very annoying. I think a lot of people liked that he laid off of that. Um, funny enough, though, John Carlos Stanton, who did win the Home Run Derby, was not elected to the All-Star Game. So he flew all the way from Miami Marlins, Miami, to San Diego just to hit some home runs, and then he flew home. He did not get to play in the game. And that's decided by fan vote, mm, which is good and bad. Um, but I also think that needs to be revised in the sense that you need, uh, like I, I think you need a peer vote. I think the MLB players should be able to vote as well. Should not be just the fans because it comes down to who is more active on social media, who is more engaging to their fans, and those players not are not always the best players in the game at their positions. So, uh last night's All-Star game Eric Hosmer of the Royals was the from you know from the um American League was the MLB uh all-Star Game, what's it called? MVP, Most Valuable Player last night. Uh, he won a car. He won a Chevy car. Truck, really. Black truck. Um, and that's cool, I guess. Uh, but he plays in the Royals, and he, he's somewhat of a superstar down there in, in Kansas City. He was once at a Justin Bieber concert. We played it, I think, on here. He was at a Justin Bieber concert, and uh, somebody recognized him. And a mob scene occurred. And he saved some girl from being trampled, and he was like a hero. Um, so he seems like a good, good guy. I'm happy for him. Um, Yankees news. Well, there is no really Yankees news because they're struggling. They're a 500 team. They're struggling. Uh, they need to figure something out. They have an aging roster. Um, their top prospect, Aaron Judge, uh, hurt his knee. He's out, I think it's three to four weeks or four to six weeks, I believe. Uh, an extended period of time for sure. He's out. Um, and they were really uh, people were calling for him to be pulled up, and all of a sudden he hurts his knee and he's out. So the Yankees with their aging roster. I mean, they got a Rod. They have uh, Carlos Beltran. CC Sabathia is getting old. You know, it's just where where do they go from there? The only bright spot the Yankees have had is their shortstop Didi Gregorius. He's been on a hitting tear. He really has. But other than that, their starting pitching is awful. Um, 
The other bright spot, I will say, is, is their back end of their bullpen. Dylan Patances pitches, a, you know, in effect, the games are only six innings long because Dylan Patances comes in in the seventh, shuts everybody down. Andrew Miller, you know, 100-mile-an-hour ball, shuts everybody down in, in the eighth. And then they have Aroldis Chapman coming in to close the game in the ninth inning. Shuts the game down as well. So there, there is no scoring going on. If the Yankees have a lead going into the sixth inning, I think the stat was that they are 15-1 and one after leading after the sixth inning. So And other teams know that. Uh, other teams that do come in do need to score. They know they need to score early on the Yankees. And if they don't, it's not going to be such good news for them. For the Yankees it will be. Um, but the biggest story coming out of Yankees camp, um, and I wrote on the Bronx pinstripes, there are a couple tweets that Andrew Jones sent out, actually Instagram posts that Andrew Jones sent out. He's a former Yankee. Uh, on a golf course with him, Tino Martinez, Jorge Posada, and Derek Jeter. I wrote about how it was rumored to be his bachelor party. You know, Derek Jeter, if you don't know him, you know, know what he's about. He's very private. So his private, his, his personal life is very, very, very private. So a lot of people were thinking that was his bachelor party, which I had wrote about. I made a strong case for it. Sure enough, Derek Jeter got married. Derek Jeter married uh, Sports Illustrated cover model, Hannah Davis. Mm, I forget exactly which day. I think it was Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. They got married in uh, Napa Valley, as I had predicted, as I wrote. Napa Valley, it was a small, small, small gathering. If you saw any leaked pictures, it's uh, there's a couple out there. Um, him and her. Um, he looks different in a tux. <laughs> not used to seeing him in in a tuxedo. Um, but she's a supermodel, obviously. You know, she looked very, very nice, too. And they had it in a little uh, outdoor glass-looking structure. They said it was about a hundred people. Um, and if you're a Yankee fan, one of the one of the looked like a drone picture was taken over the backs of them. Like you can see their backs at the altar. And um, one of the guys up there, if you know if you know Yankees, is Jorge Posada standing up there. Um, probably his best man, uh, Jeter's best man, was Jorge. Um, as Jeter was Jorge's best man in his wedding. So um, I guess good for him, Derek Jeter. Uh, you know, I guess. I think every um, every female fan about my age is, is very sad, like they ever had a shot with him anyway, really. And uh, Mike Trout, the other big-name guy that everybody loves in the NFL, every female loves in the NFL, he is engaged. So lots lots of hearts were breaking over the, the NBA, uh, MLB this past weekend. In terms of Jeter and Trout, um, so I, I was able to catch up with Jonathan Hankins from the Giants. Uh, also, not long ago, um, he is—he's uh, a defensive starting defensive lineman for Giants, a defensive tackle. Um, I'm starting this new thing, as I mentioned to you guys, uh, where I have the NFL players uh, complete the lyric, and Jonathan Hankins was my first victim. I, I, I say victim, but he retweeted the tweet, uh, and he tweeted me back, and he said, thanks for your time, which I thought was awesome. It's got 101 views on my YouTube channel. I'm looking at it right now. He completed the lyric. We talked a little bit about the camp that he worked with Mohammed Wilkerson. That's why I'm playing these two for you guys today, back-to-back. Um, <laughs> he talked about the camp. He talked about the 2016 Giants, uh, a couple other things, and then we did, last but not least, 
athletes completing the lyrics and it was um it was fun. We did a little Drake, did a little Jay-Z, and uh, here you go. Take a look. Daniel McCartan here from, coming here from Drew University, New Jersey, obviously, here with Giants defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins. Um, you know, I just talked to Muhammad. You guys do this camp together. How did the pairing between the two of you happen? I mean, you're on the Giants, he's on the Jets. Well, it kind of just, you know, they called me and they asked me if I wanted to do a camp. And I uh, told him, yeah, and I found out he was going to be also doing it. And uh, mm -hmm. I like it was great to, you know, get, a, get the opportunity to meet each other and teach the young kids, you know, something about football and teach them something they can uh, progress in, you know, high school or if they're in middle school or little league. Yeah, and so what do you hope that the kids take away from this camp? I mean, you guys are two superstars in the NFL. I would say more of just having fun, you know, stop, not always stressing too much about, you know, what you got to do or, how you gonna defeat a guy, but more you know, just having fun and playing the game that you love to do and going out there and making people happy. So we have the twenty sixteen Giants, Vernon, Harrison, Pierre Paul, Hankins. Will any teams be able to run against you guys this year? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> That's a goal. Uh, we try to do the best as we can, but uh, we got a, a nice group of guys that came in. We got some guys that was already on the team that's going be putting in some great production and uh, overall as a unit, I think we're going to have a good shot of, you know, winning some games this year. So what are you most excited about moving forward defensively? Uh, just, you know, starting a new opportunity. We've got a new head coach and Coach Ben and yeah. getting able to uh, get some new guys. We didn't draft a guy named Eli Apple, so we got another Buckeye guy on the team. So yeah. it's exciting. So did you, I actually have this. Did you ever play with Eli Apple at Ohio State? No, I, I left as soon as he got there. But, oh. uh, but I, I heard all good things, and he's a great player. And I, I seen him play, and I think he's got a great opportunity. So he, he comes into the locker room. Is there like an immediate sense of camaraderie between the two of you because you're Ohio State guys? Uh, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. He's a he's a DB, so yeah. I really don't. They don't associate with associate that. too much with the DBs, <laughs> but when I see him, I always give him a couple, you know, thoughts here and there. Yeah. So, what advice have you offered him coming up through the same program and now ending up on the same NFL team? I just tell him just to stay focused. You know, try not to listen to the outsiders or what other people say about him, and just play the game. Do what you do that got you here, and uh, you're gonna be all right if you listen to the coaches and the, uh, the owners. So you tore your your pectoral mus muscle last year. What have you been doing to make sure you're prepared physically, mentally for the upcoming season? You know, a lot of treatment, a lot of rehab. You know, a lot of lifting weights. Uh, luckily, it was just a pec muscle, and you know, with injuries like that, you just gotta be able to get them back strong and get them back functioning right. And I feel like I've done that and ready to get back on the field. Just a pec muscle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I, I came across an interview with Carl Bankstead, and he said that, and I quote. Um, you need a better feel for how to play certain blocks. Is that something you're continuing to work on? I always continue to work on that. Uh, mm -hmm. Just knowing your opponent and what you're getting, I feel like I, that's one of my biggest assets that I kind of see everything before it happens and that's why I'm always able to make plays and you know be in the area. Cool, so and then just your draft story now, you were selected second round, 49th overall mm -hmm. by the Giants in 2013. What was your experience like? Uh, it was great. Uh, it was you know the first day in name being called. Uh, which was tough, but you know, going into the second day, I was very confident that my name would get called, and you know, just sitting there, just waiting, you know, just waiting for a phone call, and to get the call from the Giants, from Jerry Reese, and them was a you know huge you know lift from my spirits because it was tough. But uh, I'm excited that they picked me up, and the last few years has been great. Right. So, uh, Daniel McCartan here, at Drew University, with Jonathan Hankins. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, I gotta like finish off with this. <laughs> they're easy, they're easy songs though.
This girl call me on my cell phone. Anytime you need my help, right? Okay, how about? One more time before I go. Higher powers. Take, Take it. it. <laughs> there you go. All right, I got another Drake one. Do you want Drake or Jay Z next? I do Jay Z. Okay, it's one of my favorites actually. Oh, that's so funny. I, I really think, see, one of the teachers at school told me I, I can't just be a pretty face talking football, talking sports. She said I needed a shtick. Well, I think this is the shtick. I think that's so funny. Um, he was, if I was watching the video as that was playing, he was smiling. He, you know, he liked it too, <laughs> especially the last one he did get. So I, I thought that's pretty cool. Um, I went to an event with um, Anthony Fasano, Bocci. We'll talk about that next week. I also did a complete lyric with him with uh, Italian songs. Yeah, he did all right, I guess. Jonathan Hankins from New York Giants. You're listening to 60 Minutes Overtime on 90.3 FM. And uh, last but not least, we're moving on. We have about 10 minutes left. Still no phone calls, so I don't know what's up with you guys, but no one wants to talk to me. It's okay. I'll just keep talking to you then. <laughs> um, Mets news. At a Mets camp, Jose Reyes returned. Um, before we get to that, um, there are injuries to Noah Syndergaard, pitcher, one of the best pitchers. Um, they're saying it's a bone spur. Um Hopefully this all-star break will give him a little rest because he is an integral part of their pitching rotation. Also on my fantasy team, so I um, hope he gets better quicker. Um, Harvey, uh, Matt Harvey, the dark knight of the Mets, he is, has elected to have season-ending surgery on his arm. Uh, basically, the surgery is, apparently it's pretty common for pitchers to go through this type of surgery. I don't know the name of it. I guess I can look it up, but... Um, what they do is they take a piece of his rib. He take they take like the top rib right under your armpit out, totally out. So it gives more flexibility in his throwing arm. Um, I believe that it works. I think you know you pitch better or at least the same as before you got it done because I, I was uh, very much against Phil Hughes as a Yankee pitcher. I thought he was awful. Then he went. I, th I think the timeline is that he went to. Minnesota Twins and, and got the surgery too and uh, I saw that he tweeted a picture to Matt Harvey of himself in the hospital with the caption ribs are overrated um, and he's, he's pitching better now he's doing a good job over there in uh, Minnesota as, as far as I know so uh, Matt Harvey he'll be back they said he'll be back in time for spring training next year which puts a um, little bit more stress on the Mets rotation Although Harvey wasn't doing too well before he did leave. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do not think he had a winning record. I think um, he was bogged down by injuries for a while. And I, I think this helps the Mets. Um, 
you know, a lot of people are crying foul that they're all upset that the Mets aren't going to make the playoffs because they don't have Matt Harvey. But actually, I think it's it's going to be okay for them. I think they're going to be quite all right. Uh, so much all right that I put money on them to win the World Series. So 20 bucks will make me, I think, 480. So let's go Mets because it won't be the Yankees, that's for sure. Um, and also, Ioannis uh, Cespedes is also injured. Uh, but they had a nice little break, built-in break here. Um, I'm really wondering if how many of these guys are saying that they uh, are injured because they did not want to play in the All-Star game. You see that a lot, a lot, a lot in the NFL, where guys do not want to go to the Pro Bowl because they don't want to play in it in Hawaii, and they fake injuries. Oh, I, my toe hurts, or oh, I, uh, I can't play in it because... Uh, I'm a little sore from the Super Bowl two weeks ago, which is an excuse that Rob Gronkowski actually did use this past one. So uh, part, of, part of me wants to think that they're just hurt enough so that they don't have to play in the All-Star game. But once the season picks back up, I think Friday uh, is the next game back. Uh, once the season picks back up, um, they'll be able to uh, you know, go back to, to fighting form. Um, last night I was at Yankee Stadium for an All-Star game viewing party. Uh, which was really, really, really cool. That's how I got that Tino Martinez uh, audio that you heard before. Um, probably about, I would say, maybe 70 people in the Delta suite, and we got to watch the the game on the big screen. Um, food, drinks. Uh, Tino Martinez came. They had three tours running throughout the night, so we did do a tour of the Yankee Stadium. I did get to sit in the press box of Yankee Stadium. So hopefully I can move out of this little office here at Rampo, WRPR 90.3 FM, and move my office, move my belongings into the Yankee press box would be the dream. Um, Tyler did take it. My friend did take a picture of me sitting in there. I guess I put it on my board, you know, those vision boards that people have. So that that was pretty cool. Um, also, Jose Reyes returns to the Mets, and, and this is, we have six minutes left, but that's a much bigger issue, Jose Reyes returning. Um, as you know, or may not know, Jose Reyes um, was traded or signed with a different team when he was done with the Mets and had a domestic abuse. He was found guilty and he was suspended by the MLB. And the Mets are giving him a second lease on life. I and mean, we've seen it with Michael Vick with the dogs, fighting dogs. Um, and now we're seeing it again with Jose Reyes. Uh, mixed feelings. His first at bat drew boos and cheers. Um, they, they have him at third base because, as you know, David Wright is also out for the season of the Mets third baseman, captain. Uh, in my opinion, he's going to be done for good. I think he's done forever. Um, but I hope not. But but I think so, and I hope the Mets can get him a ring this year. But but Jose Reyes. Um, it's just the the whole thing about the domestic violence and the domestic dispute and being found guilty for that, and people are it's just rubbing people the wrong way. Um, but obviously, as you know, in New York, in baseball, in sports, if you produce, no one's going to be on your butt. So apparently, as of now, he is producing for the Mets, and, and that's good news for him, I guess. I guess. Um, and A-Rod is also on the hot seat for the Yankees. I actually think the Yankees are keeping him benched because I believe that they owe him money when he hits his 700th home run, which he's five away. And I'm going to the game Friday night, and I'm going to the game on Monday. And they better put him in because I want to see that 700 home run ball. I want to try and catch it because <laughs> then I get I get paid too. Talk about money, I would get paid handsomely. 
But anyway, I think the Yankees are sitting him on purpose because they do not want to pay him the bonus that he is owed in order when he does hit the 700 home run. And that's a shame. Um, and, and all you guys in, in, in the Boston area, New England, crying foul over Tom Brady, how it was allowed and how he didn't cheat and this and that, are the same people going after A-Rod for using steroids on the Yankees. So how does it feel, Boston fans, to know that one of your own is also a cheater? Tom Brady is a cheater. Cheater. He destroyed his cell phone after that. After it, it leaked that he texted the, the equipment guy. They called him Deflate, uh, Deflator Bob or something, the guy in the locker room. Poor guy lost his job. Actually, I think they reinstated him since then. But, um, yeah, Tom Brady destroyed his cell phone. And he tried to say that... It's normal practice. He smashed it to pieces, but that was normal practice. Of course he's destroying the evidence. And Kim Jones is on the radio defending him, saying, well, I wouldn't want to turn over my cell phone either. Not that I'm doing anything illegal, but I just wouldn't want anybody to leak any information. Well, that's what you have contracts for. You, you draw up something that if it's leaked, you know, you get paid. You get your games back. How's that sound? But he destroyed his phone. He denied it, denied it. Everybody knows. Everybody knows he's guilty. In my opinion, four games... It's not enough. Because I look at the integrity of the game. I look at baseball, trying to clean up baseball with the steroids. A-Rod, the integrity of the game. Everybody's jumping on A-Rod. Actually, in that Mitchell report, there were 40 other guys named. No one ever talks about them. No one ever talks about David Ortiz. No one ever talks about Ryan Braun. But they pin up A-Rod as the poster boy for steroids. And now... I think the integrity of the game is also compromised. You got guys being suspended. Sheldon Richardson for resisting arrest. One game from the Jets, by the way. Uh, You got guys being suspended for illegal drug use, this and that. That has nothing to do with the impact of the game or the game of football. Tom Brady is trying to unlevel the playing field for fear of being beaten by doing illegal activities during the game. I think that's different. And I think in order to clean up the game, you got to look at what happens during the game. And that's just my take. I'm a Jet fan, obviously. People are going to get on me for, that's my point of view, because you're a Jet fan, of course. You're an A-Rod fan, of course I am. But when you're manipulating equipment during the game, and you only get four-game suspension, during not even just a regular season game, championship game and he's got and it's not the first blemish the, the Brady era has on, on its uh, its its resume they had Spygate they were spying on the Jets they had video cameras set up in the Jets practice facility like like they, they, they were recording the plays and when the game happened they knew what the Jets were going to do before the Jets even knew they were going to do it so under the Belichick Brady era the four Super Bowl rings that they have won, which the Giants beat them in the Super Bowl. I think it was twice. Okay? Cheaters never prosper. And they had Deflategate most recently, and they had Spygate. Everybody keeps forgetting about Spygate. They're a bunch of cheaters. Brady and Belichick are a bunch of cheaters, and, and they foster an environment of, of cheating. And, uh, Unfairness in their locker room, in my opinion. I know I've talked to Devin McCourty. He's the defensive captain. Um, You know, the the Patriots also recently got in trouble for not having numbers on their practice jerseys, which is an NFL rule. 
And they say, oh, Bill Belichick tries to do that to make the guys learn each other's names. That's what Devin McCourty told me. I said, oh, okay. So with the numbers on the jerseys, has it affected the the um, the camaraderie, the, the communication between the players? He said, no. Okay, so why do it? So Belichick and Brady are, are guys that like to push the envelope a lot of times. And you know what? This time they got caught, and they're lucky it's only a four-game suspension, in my opinion. Okay, so that's about wraps it up for today. Um, Daniel McCartan, uh, Andy, is, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, Andy is unable to join us for the summer hours. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I hope he's listening. I hope he hears this. And um, we'll talk MMA soon, soon enough. <laughs> I did try and watch it the other night. The Yankee game went into extra innings, and then all of a sudden MMA came on. I, I watched it for a little bit. I, I don't know if I can get into it, though. Um, so that's that. I'm Daniel McCartan. I'm your host, 60-Minute Overtime. Uh, you guys can check out all uh, past episodes. If you just search on any social media, hashtag 60-M-I-N-O-T, you can get caught up there. I'm glad I caught up with you guys all on the radio today. Uh, special thanks goes out to all those all those guys. that and, and it's been males. I don't know why, but it's been males that have been helping me. All, all the females that I reach out to or don't want any, don't want to help me in any way. So, I don't know, just a cultural note there. I don't know why, but... Um, and that's that. So you guys heard from Wilkerson, uh, Muhammad Wilkerson. You heard from Hankins. Hopefully the Jets can get a deal done with him before Friday or on Friday. And I'll be back with you guys next Wednesday. Uh, hopefully uh, you guys can get over the, the shyness and, and give me a call or give me a tweet. I got two likes this hour and a retweet. Call in. I want to hear from you guys. Um, you guys can check out my YouTube channel, uh, Coach McCartan on YouTube, Coach McCartan on SoundCloud, and now Coach McCartan on iTunes. <laughs> All right, uh, so I'll see you guys next week, next Wednesday, 1 o'clock. That'll be the time throughout the summer. Once school starts, obviously I'm going to be in school, so we have to change that up. But until then, Wednesdays at 1 it is. Follow me on Twitter, at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. To find my work on YouTube and SoundCloud, search, with no spaces, Coach McCartan. Subscribe yourself so you don't have trouble finding it in the future. That's it for today, everybody. Listen live next Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m.